You're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple Snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monfort, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And welcome back to the Snobbish Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We are back with another episode. This is 250 of the Snob OS Show. As per usual, we always want to say thank you for those who have been rocking with us so long. We definitely want to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters, those who f- support us financially. If you want to become a financial supporter, please Go to patreon.com forward slash snobboyscast for your pledge. You definitely get some extra exclusives and we definitely want to thank you for your continued support. So we're going to jump right into the show. As always, we start with the lowdown. And of course, all over the news is the Vision Pro. We've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks. And if you are listening to us on Friday, that means it is available uh, whether you go to the Apple store and pick one up or if you're waiting for that delivery. I don't know if they're getting delivered. Are they getting delivered or do you have to pick them up in the store and do a demo? I think they're doing delivery. Okay. And so, they will, it's, it's next week. It's not this week. They get them. It's not this Friday. It's next Friday. The second. Oh, oh okay. The second, you know. Yeah. Let, let me correct myself on that. Um, but you have pre-ordered them, uh, whether you are getting it shipped, or if you are going to go to the store and have Apple do their demo slash presentation, um, according to analyst Ming Chi Kuo, it looks like based on pre-order inventory and shipping time, uh, he reckons the company sold anywhere between 160 to 180,000 Vision Pro headsets during this past weekend, which exceeds his earlier production figures of 60 to 80,000 units, which that seems like even numbers. <laughs> he went mm-hmm. from 60 to 160 versus his 80,000 prediction to 180,000 prediction. So mm-hmm. I don't know if them, I don't, I'm questioning those numbers, but at any rate, it seems like people had expectations of the vision pro analyst has expectations. And it seems like according to the numbers, the inventory and the pre-order numbers have uh, exceeded those expectations, even though, uh, pre-order shipping dates haven't moved out, which historically, if historically when an iPhone or an iPad or whatever pre-orders, if you wait too long, you may not get the ship date for when Apple said shipping will be available. Mm-hmm. It may be pushed back a week. It may be pushed back three weeks. It may be pushed back a month. So that has been historically a good indicator on how well Apple products are selling Mm -hmm. Apple vision pro, even though it is exceeding expectation based on pre-order numbers, the shipping dates haven't been pushed back. So I'm curious as to get your take on, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? You know, um, it, it does this bode well for the first generation vision pro what's your take? So first I have to say, I know that we've been talking about this headset forever and I was on board to get one. Friday morning, I went through all the things. I did the facial scans and all that kind of stuff, but I just could not click the checkout button. I don't know. It just, I was like, 
For me, oh, it's one of those things that if I have to wait, walk, hold on. You couldn't, I could as not. in, you could not bring yourself to do it, or you tried and it couldn't finish. I couldn't bring myself to oh, gotcha, do it. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. so for me, if, you know, I, especially on my tech, I'm pretty uh, certain on things. Uh-huh. But if I have to waffle back and forth, then that signals even more to me that, you know what, you. I don't know if you really want this enough. And I don't think these numbers that Ming-Chi Kuo is quoting, I don't think that they are accurate. Um, Unless Apple, um, you know, have available a ton of these headsets. Because again, I saw some people that, you know, uh, just ordered them and you know, they have a March date. So, you know, typically this late in the game. Yeah. Typically this late in the game, you know, trying to purchase something that you'd be a couple months out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that leads me to believe that, uh, he doesn't really know what the, um, what, you know, how many pre-orders they are. Um, and for me, it's one of those things where I'm glad I, it's, it's still sitting in my cart. Um, I may still buy it. Um, okay. I just wasn't so pressed to buy it, okay. um, to pre-order it because I did want to see what other information they were going to release because I don't really have any productivity needs for the vision pro headset. It was more out of, Ooh, you know, I'm an early adopter. This is new. This seems kind of cool, but the use cases for this, I know for me, you know, one thing, like I said, I don't really have any huge productivity needs as far as work type stuff for this. Um, and then when I found out a lot of the streaming apps weren't going to be put on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't checked. I have, um, AT&T Uverse as my cable provider. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything, um, that indicates that it's there or, and it's just like some of the big ones, you don't have Netflix, you don't have YouTube, you don't mm-hmm. have Spotify. So my thing was, what am I really going to use this for? Right. For me, it's, it's always been on the heels of entertainment value for me for the whole point of getting this headset. It's always been entertainment. It's never been, I'm going to actually log into office and type on the screen and do this and do that. I'm not going to do any coding in, you know, this environment. Um, so it was one of those things where I was like, I need, I want to know what's going to come available on this device when, you know, you go to pick it up. And if anything, if I do change my mind, I can just go into an Apple store on February 2nd and likely get one. Um, So it wasn't one of those things where I was too pressed. I was, like I said, I was initially really excited about it. You know, you've heard me talk about it on the show before, um, how excited it it was for this product. And I think for me, just the, I won't say languishing, but kind of the rollout. Some of the, for me, some of the excitement just kind of, you know, boom, kind of fell flat. And I was like, 
I guess. I don't know. And my other thing was I was like, um, around the time that, you know, this thing would come out, you know, I always do a birthday trip, but then I have a trip after that. I was like, I can either do my birthday trip or I could either do a trip for my birthday or buy this Vision Pro headset for my birthday. Which one do I care more about purchasing? And honestly, it wasn't the headset. Right. And I'm really disappointed by that. Um, because like I said, I was up for it from jump. I think a lot of people were up for it from jump. And I don't want to believe it's because there's not a lot of support or a lot of not a lot of apps or not a lot of services that's going to be available. I think Apple did a good job of introducing and hyping up the Vision Pro. But I think the realization that this is a generation one device in a brand new category, it'd be one thing if Apple announced a new different type of iPhone or a different mm-hmm. type of iPad. You know, I think people's excitement could have been held up again, up until pre-order time. But I think people are starting to understand that this is a generation one device in a whole new category. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, the Vision Pro is so dope. But it's customary that this thing is not going to have a, a 50 million bajillion apps it's mm-hmm. not going to have Netflix. It's not going to have, it's going to be, you know, people are talking about the air keyboard thing being clunky and wonky. I think people kind of realize that now and have come to terms, even though it is Apple, even though, you know, Apple is the greatest at press release and market and all that stuff. I think people have settled in with the idea of this is a brand new product in a brand new category. So let's, <laughs> we can wait on this, but. Especially with a $3,500 price tag especially with a $3,500 price tag on top of all the extra things that you have to buy for this thing, which will easily run it up to four, maybe $5,000, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned, people have got other things to do with $4,000, you know, now $800, $1,200, $1,500 that people are buying. Even $2,000. Well, I'm saying if, if um, yeah. an iPhone was, you know, if you if you add it all up or a Mac, you add it all up and it's close to fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. People can see the use case for an iPhone for a Mac that would push them over to actually purchase it right now. Like you mentioned, is this a spatial computing device? Is it productivity? Is it entertainment? People don't know yet. So I think people are OK more so than previous with when Apple announcing new things like the iPad like the Apple watch, you know, it's a watch. People understand what a watch is with an iPad. People understand what they, what a tablet is. Right. You know, so I think people are okay with making those purchases for a gen one device from Apple. But with this, it's kind of like, nah, we, we know what time it is, (laughs) but that still didn't stop people from purchasing it more so, more so than what people expected. So it still looks like it's going to do well, but I wonder uh, this other story that I've got that's connected to it is that because of bots, because of resellers, because of scalpers, um, this estimate uh, that comes from Casada, which helps retailers fend off scalpers, bots, resellers, they spotted one scalper, one scalper bot placing a success, successfully placing a order for Vision Pro in the number of 15,000 and 92 
vision pros. So basically their works is a bot, which is what they're, you know, culturally known as is some guy or some person sets up some software automations that quickly runs through the process of ordering products is more it's it's notorious in sneaker culture because when Nike or Reebok or you know Adidas drops a new shoe or drops a new fashion line these people set up these automations which are called bots that are quickly run through and grab as many as possible and then they turn around and sell them for a profit so the same thing with sneaker culture same thing in fashion culture starting to trickle into tech culture to where, like I mentioned, um, this one bot was able to successfully not try, not attempt, successfully place 1,592 Vision Pro pre-orders on Apple's website. You know, so I wonder, <laughs> just wanted to put that out there that I'm... I'm and that's over $5 million. Right, right, right. So in In product. Because there are some people, you know, Contrary to what I just said earlier about people settling in with the idea that I'm just going to wait on this. There are some people who still have that. I need to be the first person to get this and they will pay double or triple the amount mm -hmm. just to say they got it on eBay, mm -hmm. you know, private websites, whatever the case may be. So uh, I wonder if the numbers are being inflated because there are bots running around that have leaked into the tech sector <laughs> could be very well could be and it's one of those things where for me if i go into the apple store to see to try it out to get a feel for it mm -hmm. i may get one because mm -hmm. you know it's i think it's the unknown and even for me who is an early adopter there's still um you know a level of unknown i think when i talked we talked about this before my concern or thought process was, yes, this is the first edition. Um, I'm sure there are some people who are I'll buy one to use and buy one to keep. Mm -hmm. If you got it like that, like a collector's item. Um, and it's one of those things where it's, I think it'll hold value because it is really the first of its kind to do what it's doing, of course, there are other VR headsets, but again, Apple is very clear to say this isn't a VR headset. It's, it's a spatial computing device. So like I said, is there an actual VR headset coming out that's not spatial computing? Or is there a, an affordable one coming out? Are we getting finally the Google Glasses? You know, what, you know, is the product roadmap for these types of things. And for me, it's just, it's like, Hmm, I don't know. And again, the device is still going to be out there. So even if you don't get them on day one, like diehards want them, you'll still be able to get one if mm -hmm. you want one. So uh, uh, while you were speaking, so you brought up something, I was talking about a VR headset and Apple wants people to know that this is not a VR headset. I wonder if Apple shot itself in the foot by not doing the reverse by not coming out with a VR headset that's specifically aimed towards entertainment and gaming, right? Mm -hmm. Because popular sites like Netflix have said they're not going to be on it, at least right now, not right now. A couple other things, you know, may not be available. You know, Charles in our, in our stream mentioned MS Teams. We don't know if MS Teams is going to be supported out the gate, you know, which kind of, um, 
uh, dims all the possibilities at first sale. Now, Apple can come out mm-hmm. with software patches. This thing can take off in popularity. And Apple says, oh, people want a VR headset? All right, bet. We're going to make this more VR friendly, right? But I wonder if Apple shot itself in the foot by not coming out with a strictly entertainment VR headset that would be more palpable for the Netflixes, for the Disney's, for Apple, um, you know, Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. for games, to where it's strictly for you know fitness and entertainment. Apple loads Apple Fitness Plus, and it does all the traditional VR things, but it's Apple, so therefore they can broker with NFL and the NBA and the MLB and the hockey and get all of those entertainment consumerist type applications on board to where they could get more popularity with this first product that also isn't $34.99. You know, yeah. maybe it's $12.99 and it's got Netflix and Hulu and, you know, all these things to where then they kind of gauge, are people willing to buy an Apple VR? And if they can, then maybe the second generation or the the pro version, right? Since it's Division Pro, then mm-hmm. maybe... Apple should have came out with the vision <laughs> and then come out with the vision pro that does pro. Microsoft teams and it does spatial computing with the keyboard and yeah. you know, the, whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm curious if Apple didn't hmm. shoot stuff in the foot by doing a VR head, a traditional VR heads at first. And that's very interesting that you say that because we do remember we have iPad, then we got the iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, we iPhone, had a MacBook, then the MacBook Pro. Now we got the Apple uh, watch. Now we got the Apple the- watch ultra. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's, it's those type of things that, that do, it it does make you wonder. You had the uh, AirPods and you had the AirPods Pro. Right, right. So, you know, it seems like they've shifted from their typical progression plan, unless that was intended because this is spatial computing and not VR. And when they come out with the VR headset, then maybe they'll continue with the pro, um, you know, type of naming convention. But I don't, I don't, I don't know this, this product rollout has been very interesting and it hasn't gone with the typical Apple flow. And maybe that's, maybe, you know, that's on purpose. Maybe now they're starting with the pro and they'll go to ultra, then they'll go to Zenith or whatever the case, however that, you know, they name these products. But I think it's very, it's very interesting. Um, the way they've they've kicked this off and to not have some of the big time streamers on board initially is very, um, I won't say worrisome, but I'll say different because we've seen when they came out with, you know, say Apple Studio or when they came out with Apple Arcade, they had like the giants in those spaces on board from Jump. All right. All right. Well, we shall see. All right. Let's move on to the next um, notable thing that happened this week. Uh, Apple drops new software. There is the iOS, iPad OS 17.3, watch OS 10.3, Mac OS 14.3, TV OS 17.3. All are available for download this week. Uh, I just want to go over some of the notable features. I'm not going to go over every single feature for every single OS. But more of the popular ones include the uh, collaborative playlists with emojis and is basically what I figured it was going to be to where I can create a new playlist. I can share it with my family. 
my family can add music can remove music can, you know, manage the playlist. And, you know, if there's music that they like songs that they like, they can do emoji reactions. I guess that's popular. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the I more mean, pop- with these kids, you never know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the more notable uh, feature to come out with um, these new software updates is stolen device protection particularly for the iPhones uh, and the iPads, the more of the mobile devices, but I, yeah. I'm assuming it's just for iPhone and iPad now. And for those who don't know, that's a extra layer of protection that essentially locks your important data on your phone behind face ID, behind touch ID, or it does a delay as to when you can make changes to your Apple ID, your iCloud account, things of that nature. And I'll go over how to set all that up later on in the hookup. Uh, another feature, like we mentioned last week, is the Black Unity watch faces and lock screens. Specific with iOS, you get a new lock screen for the iPhone, you get new lock screens for the Mac, you get new watch faces for the Apple Watch. And of course, like we mentioned, uh, you can also purchase a watch band, Black Unity watch band for the Apple Watch. Uh, a, the final notable thing that's specific to tvOS is AirPlay streaming to hotel Apple TVs. So course the apple the hotel has to get on board with this and you have to have an apple tv in the hotel if those two things are true instead of you logging into your apple tv plus account on the apple tv and forgetting to do it when you check out (laughs) another option would be to use airplay streaming to hotel tvs to where when you come into the hotel on the apple tv when you turn it on there'll be a qr code you can scan that qr code with your phone with your ipad and you can stream your content to the TV. So therefore you never have to log in to that Apple TV. The content, the login information stays on your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, and then any content that you want to stream, you can set it up on your phone or your devices, and then you can stream that to the television. So uh, any of those uh, pique your interest, any of those you're not really feeling. So I'm very interested about the collaborative playlist. So I'm going to assume when you invite someone to join is it um like an apple you know touch thing you know how you could you know like the name it's not that you know, the name id or is mm-hmm. it like a link is it only in the apple ecosystem i'm pretty sure it's only in the apple ecosystem i'm pretty sure whoever you're sharing it with of course has to have an apple id of course has to have apple music in order to collaborate so of course no spotify no title no anything like that um and i i don't know if they have to subscribe to um apple i I would assume you'd have to subscribe to apple music because that's how you listen to apple music anyway so yeah it's definitely locked down to apple users who subscribe to apple music Mm. interesting all right so that is it for the new software like i mentioned all of those are available for download now so definitely do that in addition to that there are some security patches. There's some, you know, Apple puts out their traditional download this update now, which going forward, just assume every iOS update, you know, download it now because there are some security patches and fixes. They mention what they don't mention what they are. So I'll just tell you, you know, for security purposes, in addition to those features that I just listed, just go ahead and download it so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Just keep keep your stuff locked in, locked down, and, and safe. Yep. 
All right, moving on to the next story. Uh, folks in the EU will soon be able to use Apple's tap to pay for non-Apple Pay transactions. Right now, as it stands, and it will continue to stand like that for people in the U.S., is if I want to use tap to pay on my iPhone, I have to set up Apple Wallet. I have to put cards in Apple Wallet. I have to use Apple Pay for that tap to pay. Well, the folks in the EU, a press release from the European Commission reveals that Apple has committed, committed to, not necessarily can do it yet, but it's committed to open up access to the tap to pay functionality to third party mobile wallets and payment service providers. Of course, like I mentioned, the commitments are only EU specific. Um, so we may or may not get it eventually in the US. My guess is we won't, but I'm kind of bummed about that because <laughs> as of late, one of the places that I, I've been going all the time is Home Depot. For whatever reason, Home Depot will not update their point of sale machines to take any sort of tap to pay, but Home Depot does enable you to use PayPal as a payment service. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. I'm never going through the process of setting up PayPal in order to make a purchase in Home Depot, but it would be nice hmm. if I could use my iPhone to make purchases using PayPal, uh, using um, um, Venmo Cash App, because right now in order to use Venmo Cash App, you got to scan a QR code whatever the case may be, but there may be a time to where I want to use cash app to make a purchase and I want to be able to take my phone and put it on yeah. the thing versus trying to scan a QR code and all that stuff. But it don't look like it's coming to the U S no time soon. I wonder if home Depot's aversion is similar to Kroger's aversion. Remember they had that Kroger pay and they refused to use Apple pay, Google pay anything. And then they eventually had to get rid of it because nobody was like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Target used to be like that as well. If I can remember Home Depot has no sort of Home Depot pay or no Home Depot sort of load up your Home Depot card or anything like that, but you can make purchases via PayPal. I've never tried so it. Strange. Yeah. So strange. Right. Uh, eventually maybe, you know, Home Depot is trying to conserve, you know, they don't want to invest the money to update all their point of sale machines. But yeah, I, Maybe. every time, and there's been some times where I've walked into the store, just knowing, just knowing I can pay with my watch or my phone and I get all the way up there with all my crap and then have to do the walk of shame to my car and tie up one of the, <laughs> Maybe get my wallet <laughs> yeah, all the way to my car. Luckily I brought my wallet with me because I'm a brother. You can't go nowhere without your wallet. That's a whole nother subject. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, I got to make that walk of shame to get to my car, to get my wallet, just to buy my wood <laughs> from home Depot. <laughs> so hopefully they make that change and it would be, you know what, as much as I respect Apple for keeping everything in house, and making sure they have a lockdown and make sure they control things front to end. There are some things to where it's like, you know what? Come on, Apple, relax. You can open it up just a, just a relax. teach. Relax. Just a teach. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to second string. Um, this kind of follows up with the new uh, stolen device protection with Apple. Um, I was reading a story and um, it revolves around I call them cash apps, but you think of cash app, you think of Venmo, you think of PayPal. Those are the more popular ones. Um, a Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, 
wants cash apps like those to take Apple's stolen device protection lead. He suggested that Apple's release makes it clear that technology exists where apps could detect when a user is attempting to send a large transaction from an unknown location and perhaps block or delay sending that transaction for up to a day without secondary verification. This could afford victims more time to discover and cancel fraudulent transfers before they go through instead of after the fact when it's harder to kind of recoup that money. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I thought that was interesting and I did a little research and I went into cash app and I went into Venmo to see how secure I can make them one, just for general knowledge. And then two, cause I have kids that currently use cash app when they're out and about and they're kids. So, you know, they're forgetful. They may leave their phone somewhere. It's like, all right, well, what can I do in the meantime until Venmo PayPal cash app adopts more device protection. Right. And mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this story up because there is a way that you can, let's just say for argument's sake, cause let me set up the scenario. I'm sitting at, you know, a coffee shop. I'm standing in line to buy something and somebody sees me put in my passcode instead of face ID for whatever, for whatever reason, face ID ain't working. It's not recognizing my face. I hurry up and enter my passcode. Somebody standing over my shoulder, sees my passcode, sees me enter it, knows what it is. And then, you know, in the process of me picking up my stuff, they lift my phone up off of me. Right. Since mm-hmm. it's unlocked. Or since they saw me put in my passcode, they now have access to my phone, right? Well, if you don't go through and add these extra features, you could very well, the person who steals your phone or lifts your phone could really quickly, if not anything else, they don't care about your Apple ID. They don't care about your photos. They don't care about your your Safari history. What they care about is how quickly can I get money off of you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So what they could do is they can go into Cash App, they can go into Venmo, they can go into PayPal, hurry up within a couple minutes and send themselves some money from your PayPal, your Cash App, your Venmo, right? Mm -hmm. So I I was like, dang, is that true? So like I said, just general knowledge, I actually went in and found out until Cash App, Venmo, PayPal do add these extra protections, there are some things that you can do to kind of lock down those apps. And the one way I can think about doing it, and it works for... Uh, Venmo and Cash App. I don't know about PayPal, but you can log into Cash App because as soon as you open those, they're open. There's no, you know, especially from a device that you are familiar that is familiar with, you don't mm-hmm. have to enter your Face ID off the rip. You have to go into huh. the settings and turn on Face ID and Touch ID to access the app. And which is more importantly, after you go through the process of sending somebody money. Cash App specifically, but both Cash App and Venmo, you can set turn on a setting to where you have to enter a pin and you actually actually go in and set up a pin to then confirm that you, yes, in fact, want to send this money. So that is kind of like my um, lessons learned from this story is if you are using Cash App, if you are using PayPal, if you are using Venmo, please don't just rely on your phone being locked to add that extra security to those third-party apps because those third-party apps are not by Apple. They are not protected under this new device protection. You know, you have to go in and be vigilant and set those things up to where if you send money to somebody, like if I were to send $5 to Nika, even though I've used my touch ID, my face ID to get into my phone, 
I still have to use that pen to confirm that I want to send her that money. So that's my little lessons learned that I want to impart to you. Go into those apps and set up that extra um, security. So if something happens and somebody does take your phone and they do have access to it, they still have to jump through some hoops to actually send themselves some money. Yeah, I just tried it. And I just, in my mind, it's just, of course, when you log into these, they take your face ID because typically, you know, you open up, it's, it's, it's so second nature now mm-hmm. to, you know, expect to hold your phone up. So you get the face ID. Mm-hmm. And I just tried on all three of them and they did not request any type of authentication. They just opened. Yep. yep. Because it's when you're sending somebody money on site, you know, you want to make it as quick as possible. You don't want to be fumbling right. around and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, um, these apps do let you open them, you know, without using your face ID because the assumption is, well, you have the phone. If you have access to the app, then Apple has done its job to authenticate who you are. So anything else after that, once you get past the phone unlocked, then you're cool. That's not the case, or even something as simple as maybe not somebody stealing your phone. I saw this. <laughs> this reminds me. I saw this TikTok, and it's supposed to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. So the 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 guy and the girl are sitting at the dinner table, right? And of course, the way social media runs now, everybody wants to take all these social media pictures all the time. You know, most dudes, you know, who are not social media inclined, they're like. I'm tired of, you know, wife or girlfriend or my date in this case wants to take all these pictures. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and um, pay myself for being your social media (laughs) photographer. And the dude, he takes her phone because she says, take a picture of me. You know, I'm at the, I need you to take a picture of the food, you know, all the things that social media people do. Right. So he's like, all right, bet. Takes her phone and holds it up like he's taking a picture, but he's in her cash app. Sending himself some money. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious because he's like, all right, bet. I'm going to compensate myself (laughs) for being your photographer. For this effort. (laughs) Right. But that's a real, that kind of hit home to this because she's already in her phone. She unlocked her phone to give it to you so you can take a picture. Give you another example. Um, It happens all the time. I unlock my phone and then I give it to somebody so they can enter their contact information mm-hmm. because I don't want to be like, all right, how do you spell that? How do you, what, what's your phone number? Can you say that number again? Right. I typed is, it in. I pressed the wrong here, button. Yeah. Here, here. I give you the phone. You enter your name. You enter your, you could very quickly, now that you have access to the phone, quickly cash up yourself one, $200 while all the while I'm thinking you put your contact information in my phone. By the time I get home and notice you long gone. Right. So, you know, in those situations, it don't that's what those water boys were doing. Right. It don't necessarily have to be somebody stole my phone. I yeah. could give you access to my phone and then you take that access and do whatever you want to do. So whatever you want to do with right. it. So all around the world to say, you know, if you do use cash app, if you do use those cash apps, definitely add that extra layer of protection. All right. Moving on to for the culture. Um, this is something personal. I'm a big fan of John Stewart. Uh, he was the longtime host of The Daily Show prior to Trevor Noah taking it over. Well, uh, Jon Stewart went over to Apple TV and he had his series. I think it went for three or four seasons. The trouble, mm-hmm. the the problem with Jon Stewart. And for whatever reason, uh, their 
partnership between Jon Stewart and Apple TV abruptly stopped. Word on the street. Apple TV makes no sense. They cancel some of the most amazing shows, the most popular shows, without any type of indication. And they don't even advertise their shows. And they have some amazing stuff on Apple TV. I don't know what's going on with Apple TV, but that was just my little diatribe about Apple TV. Right. Uh, word on the street. The rumors are, you know, John was getting a little too less funny and more, and more serious and more serious. Yeah. And Apple TV is like, hey, man, wait, what are you doing? Keep you it know? light. Keep it funny. We hired right, you to be right, funny. Right. You know. So for whatever reason, uh, they abruptly ended that show. But it looks like, according to this story, Jon Stewart will return to The Daily Show once a week. And he'll mostly be doing, well, not mostly, he'll only be on there once a week on Mondays. Uh, uh, Daily Show is still looking for a host to replace Trevor Noah. They've had, you know, um, all these celebrities, they had their quote unquote anchors, their analysts that kind of shuffle and assume the responsibility of hosting the show. But for Mondays, I don't know when it doesn't say when he'll start, but mm -hmm. he will host the daily show on Monday nights and he will continue to be on the daily show throughout the 2024 election, which I couldn't pick the better time for Jon Stewart to be back on the daily show right. than the right now for the 2024 election. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. And I thought it was cool because he put, which, you know, again, makes me more of a fan. He's very uh, topical. And he put in Twitter, he says, friends, after much reflection, I have decided to enter the transfer portal for my last year of eligibility, <laughs> excited for the future. And he puts his stats. He says five, seven ish, 165 pounds. And uh, he runs a 14, eight second 40. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he says, hashtag blessed hashtag NIL baby, which, you know, that's a college football reference, you know, hashtag TDS nation hashtag LFGM. I'm not sure what that one is. I feel kind of old for that one, but I just thought that was funny because it's very topical because we're transfer portal is popular in the news, you know, the NFL uh, people NFL, use that all the time when they are leaving or going to do something else. And <laughs> Um, people are starting to um, show their dislike of the transfer portal. There's been a couple of analysts, a couple of sports people, and of course, all of the comment, the, the people on the internet, you know, commentator, com commenters, not commentators, commenters who are like, there's messing up the NFL is messing up college football. These players don't have no, um, what's it called? A loyalty. There's no loyalty, you know, Anytime the players just want to leave, they can just enter the transfer portal and there's no, you know, loyalty or respect. You know, it's like you got to stay there and work hard, you know, forget, forget players having control of their own destiny. Right. It's right. all about, you know, these players and they, you know, just being uh, um, they're just being uh, what's the, selfish and they're just looking out for themselves. No loyalty, no love to the school, whatever the case may be. So I just thought that, and we're, like you mentioned, talking about NIL, you know, players getting paid for their name, image, and likeness, you know? So I just thought that was cool that, you know, he's very topical and, you know, in, uh, and, and, and I thought <laughs> with the 14, eight second 40 stat, I thought that was like, in my opinion, I thought that was a, 
um, uh, not a dig, but a a uh, nod to Cat Williams. Exactly, because <laughs> Cat Williams in his uh, in his long interview on Club Shay Shay, you know, uh, his Shay thing Shay. was, I ran, I, I ran a what was a fourteen one or fourteen zero uh, forty. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, something you know, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all all that around the world to say, you know, he John Stewart is one of my um, fan favorites. As far mm-hmm. as his political commentary, you know, I follow him on social media and he's always speaking up, you know, he's he, not with the shits. Right. He, and, he's like, and he doesn't have what it is. Right. And he doesn't have to, you know, this is not, you know, the, the social media that I've seen. It's not him promoting anything. It's not him, you know, uh, just staying in the news, you know, just trying to stay social and stay relevant. You know, he's really speaking on things that are important to him and he's speaking on important things in our country and in the world as a whole. And whether whatever side, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, and I, I, I it's much needed, you know, and I definitely looking forward to him being back on The Daily Show. He's been a socially engaged citizen of this country and mm-hmm. of this world, you know, with his commentary, much like you know, many other people who don't have the platform that he has. And what this reminds me of is I don't really, lately, I don't really watch MSNBC anymore because it's just gotten, you know, too crazy. But I did really enjoy Rachel Maddow. And if you remember, she had a daily show as well. Mm -hmm. And then she stepped back and she only does Monday nights um, on, on MSNBC. So I think it's the way of, you know, still having that voice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these folks are, you know, super talented, super well-known, super rich. They don't have to do this. They don't need to do this. But this mm-hmm. is, to me, I think, a way of of engaging and being involved on a larger, even larger platform by coming in to do one night. And the way that Comedy Central and The Daily Show have just basically screwed the pooch on this whole new host thing. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. had Roy Boots Jr. right there who wanted the job, who was excellent at it. He's been a longtime contributor. So, you know, you had somebody there that you had all of these hosts who some of them were really good. And now you're going to a hostless show with the exception of this new announcement of, Mm -hmm. you know, Jon Stewart being on Monday night. Yeah. And it's like they maybe, maybe the daily show feels like they want to please everybody. And I don't know, maybe they not necessarily felt like they got it wrong with Trevor Noah but mm-hmm. maybe they want to say, all right, we had Trevor Noah on the show. Let's bring somebody on that appeals to everybody. Right. And that's maybe one of the reasons why, like you mentioned, Roy Roy Jr., you know, he may just appeal to a certain group. And then also who I thought was a, a front runner, who I thought would be dope at it was, um, 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 oh, geez. Um, <laughs> What is his name? Uh, Hassan Minaj. I could not think uh, of his name to save my life. You know, I I think he him. ended up having some. Well, see, okay, uh, personal issues. No. Or something? So what happened was, and I don't know if I agree with this or not. Um, he had a um, stand up sh- a stand up special on Netflix, and he's kind of he's a storyteller comedian, similar to like Dave Chappelle, right? Dave, mm-hmm do a good job of telling a story he told a couple of stories that weren't 
he told them as incidents in his life, okay. but weren't actually factual as to exactly what happened. Right. Okay. Um, there was an incident where he uh, dated somebody and went to prom. I don't know the exact uh, line, but the story that he told in the special wasn't what actually happened in actuality. Right. I don't know if that was pr to protect, you know, somebody's name or whatever the case may be. And then there was mm -hmm. another one that I think maybe got him into more trouble to where there was a particular uh, setup to where he talked about after 9-11, how everybody clamped down on the Muslim community. And there was a undercover cop that went undercover into his or his family's mosque. And, you know, he used that setup to get to the punchline, whatever the punchline was. Well, history would have it. It didn't really happen that way. And he had to explain as to how, you know, I use my life to I use my life stories and I use my interactions to as a part of my uh, comedy. Right. Well, you would assume that if you're using your own personal experiences, that's what actually happened. You know, so there was a whole kind of, all right, well, did it really happen? You know, or are you just lying to just make the joke funny? You know, his thing mm -hmm. was, well, no, I'm not necessarily lying, you know, but I am fabricating parts of the story in order to set up the punchline. And I think that that kind of all the way. So back he kind of had a, he had a credibility issue at that point. Credibility People issue. weren't sure if he was being truthful or not. And even though it seems some of the things you mentioned weren't huge things, right. it was just maybe the the multitude, the number of the instances that caused issues right and all all around the world to say maybe daily show was like ah, oh nah, we ain't got time to be <laughs> answering questions as a why simon hodge is you know host which makes perfect sense you had john stewart yeah. who's a white dude you had trevor mm -hmm. noah who's black slash african and then mm -hmm. you have uh you know somebody like Hassan minaj who's eastern indian you know mm -hmm. that's kind of like you, you're getting everybody not at the same time but you're getting mm -hmm. kind of like a wide array of people with a wide different experiences. So maybe this is with John Stewart. I doubt if he, even if they offered to him, he probably wouldn't <laughs> accept it, but maybe this is daily shows way of splitting the difference. <laughs> but my thing is why is, why, why is that even a thing? Um, there are many people of different races, different genders, different, um, you know, uh, lifestyles, that have consistently not seen themselves in talk shows or movies or TVs or pictures. We always talk about representation matters. So what's the issue now? What's the problem now? Is it that it's, it's being too diverse and they don't want it to be too diverse as far as hosts? I don't know or, if it's, I don't know if it's, they want it to be too diverse. I think they are just trying to capture as many eyeballs as possible and they feel they being the producers, the creators uh, of the daily show. Maybe they um, like, like we mentioned in the pre-show, you know, with the super bowl and what's going on with the chiefs and the, you know, whole um, what's the girl's name? Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift thing. 
Mm-hmm. They're trying to get as many eyeballs as possible, and that's the name of the game. How many numbers? How many? How much ratings you can get? You know. So we're trying to get everybody, which again makes sense in a long story short of getting John yeah. Stewart because he is respected by a lot of yeah. different. Um, but it, yeah, but it's yeah. only for that one night. I think what they're doing is splitting the difference. I think what they're doing mm-hmm. is running people off because there's no way on God's green earth you're going to be able to find a person to cater to every specific person, you know? And they're, it seems to me, they're so focused on, you know, getting eyeballs, like we mentioned in the pre-show, that you aren't even, you're trying to retain something that you already have rather than being willing to bring in some new viewership Mm -hmm. um, by, you know, not being so focused on one specific group or block of people are catering to them that you're missing a whole world of people out there. And what they're going to do is turn off their current fans and not bring in any new ones because you don't have a consistent person. Well, you know, common sense and dollar signs typically don't always match up when it comes to capitalism and consumerism. Right. So, you know, it is what it is, but all the around the world to say, you know, I'm definitely a John Stewart fan, you know, so I definitely look forward to seeing him when he shows up on. The so Daily Monday show. nights are going to be good for you oh, oh, on absolutely. the Daily Show. Yep. Yep. All right. So moving on to the hookup, uh, we mentioned it uh, towards the top of the show. Uh, stolen device protection is now available for all devices that can download iOS 17.3. I would highly advise you turn on that feature. But there's a couple of hoops you got to jump through in order to get stolen device protection turned on. Uh, so that is my tip for the week. I'm going to tell you what you need to know in order to get stolen device protection enabled. Basically, it's just a bunch of check boxes that you have to check off. First one you got to check off is you need two factor authentication turned on on your Apple ID. Once you do that, you definitely need to add a passcode to your device for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> Nobody not accessing your device, but there are some people who don't turn on a passcode on their device. Got to do that. Again, if you're just using a passcode and you haven't turned on face ID or touch ID, cause I don't trust Apple air quotes <laughs> in order to use stolen device protection, you do have to enable face ID or touch ID depending on what device you have. And then finally you need find my enabled. And basically that enables you to locate your device if you have it lost or stolen and you have to turn on significant locations enabled. So there's a precise locations and a significant locations. At the very least, you have to have significant locations enabled. Once you check all those things off the box, then you can go in and turn on stolen device protection. And basically what you do is you go into iPhone settings, then you go to face ID and passcode, and then you turn on protection that will turn on the device protection and for those not paying attention up until now what stolen device protection is it adds another layer of protection to where if somebody has access to your phone and they're able to get into your phone additional features like being able to access apple wallet being able to uh, change your apple id uh, either the apple id itself or your email address uh, at being able to access your icloud information you know all of that you'll have to turn you'll have to uh, authenticate via face ID or touch ID. You just can't do the passcode and get access to everything. You got to have extra authentication in order to access those sections. So 
that is my tip for the week. I would highly advise you do it. Uh, once we're done with this show, I'm going to go upstairs and make sure all my family is updated to iOS 17.3. And then all these things, because I got kids. And last thing I need is somebody to um, in my family to lose their device and then come crying to me because all their little cash app money is gone. <laughs> yeah. Turn this on as soon. First, upgrade to mm-hmm. 17.3 yeah, if you're still part. on if you're still on 16 yeah. or if you're on you know if you're on you know 17.1 first upgrade to 17.3 because it does include some key security fixes and we you know we preach that make sure that your data and your devices are safe and protected and second this is another layer of protection when it comes to your your data specifically related to your Apple ID in case your phone is lost or stolen. So we can't urge you enough to to definitely upgrade to 17.3 and get right. this device protection turned on. Right. And again, like I mentioned, I'll say it again. The cool thing about stolen device protection is it's in addition to just turning on your passcode or your face ID and touch ID to access your device, because even if somebody has access to your device, and they're able to bypass that, the stolen device protection enables them to not be able to access a whole bunch of other stuff, even yep. if they do have access to your phone. Yep. All right. So that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, Nika, tell the folks where they can find you. You can find me at Tech Savvy Diva everywhere. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. If you want to interact with the show, please go to our website. That's snoboscast.com to get all the details. Until next week, we are out. Peace. Bye, everybody.